Boxcatters. Boxcatters. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 45. It is five times better than episode 9. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Hey, hey. And to my right, Mr. Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. I, I had the weird dream this morning that uh, we'd, already, on, we'd Brett, already done Brett, this episode of Box Cutters, Brett, but I forgot on. to do my sign off. <laughs> and like I was at home and I thought, oh my God, I didn't do Brett, the sign off. Hang on, Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, you uh, mentioned you wanted an opening tirade. Uh, yes, thank you, Kent. <laughs> uh, much has been written and said in p- recent weeks over TV revenue, and there's been much uh, the, how it's dropping, and there's been much network wailing and gnashing of teeth. I will tell you this. Well, we have a television industry where it seems like a good idea for not one but two stations to copy the unequivocally worst show on television, revenue will continue to fall. (laughs) Quizmania is a disgrace. Any show that makes hot dogs look talented and professional by comparison has no place on our television screens. Channel 9, I don't know who was the executive to approve this, but you can rest assured he's going straight to hell. So, Brett, you had a dream. I had a dream. <laughs> you know what else? I don't think you can back that up that uh, that episode 45 is five times better than episode 9. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't gone back I to episode if, 9 to find out. If we do the comparison, you might find it's true. You reckon? Yeah. I think episode 9 was a good one. I well, remember lots of jokes about 10 to 1. and Why didn't we quit then? <laughs> <laughs> this is Box Cutters. It's all about television. Uh, coming up on this week's show, of course, we've got a whole bunch of news. We're going to talk about the ratings We've got an excellent interview with Brian Nankervis. Mm-hmm. He'll be coming on via the telephone, mm-hmm. or as uh, that terrible Simpsons ad says, the electronic telephone. <laughs> uh, some crap TV, retitled this week only to crack TV. Uh, viewer feedback. Yes, thank if you If you'd much. like to... Uh, Viewers name- of the uh, video podcast. Is that or listener feedback? No, listener feedback. If you'd like to uh, name a segment, send us an email at hooray at boxcutters.net. Nice one. Let's have everybody with a bit of that power. Speaking, <laughs> speaking, of, the, uh, speaking of the video podcast, yes. just quickly, uh, it, it, it probably seems a little pointless to point it out, but uh, those watching will notice that we've got a new set, we've got a new desk, and we're sipping coffee. Uh, apparently, uh, more people still watch Sunrise than watch the video podcast of Box Cutters. So rather than stick with what we're doing or come up with anything original, we're just going to copy them. I was thinking of uh, of shaving my head and having a woman sit next to me. Ah, oh, there you go. I love so, how that we've got the glass behind us and people out there. Yeah, yeah, and they can... Josie Pirelli's out there. She is out Hi, there. Hi, Josie. Wow. She's, uh, she's not looking. She can't good. hear us. Uh, we've got some show <laughs> reviews and some letters to box cutters as well as an apt ending. Apt. An apt. Apt. The new title of Strangely Compelling Content. I still don't understand. <laughs> it's, it's an acronym. Strangely Compelling Content. Apt. No, it's not. You just, you SCC don't... is Strangely, strangely <laughs> Compelling Content's acronym. You what don't... is APT an acronym for? Strangely, strangely Compelling, compelling content. content. It's got to start on, with an A, boys. You've got to pay attention. <laughs> That's all coming up later on in Box Cutters. But to kick it all off, as always... Here's the Box Cutters news. And now for the news. 
The Australian reports that the Nine Networks Current Affair Program has been found guilty of breaching the Commercial Television Code of Practice. Uh-huh. Apparently, in November, there was a segment that failed to present factual material accurately. The uh, segment was entitled, What's in it? Mm. Surely a precursor to, What's good for you? <laughs> <laughs> and it investigated the use of antibiotics in chickens and the effect they may have on human health. And the complaint lodged to ACMA alleged that the segment contained false and misleading claims related to chicken meat. So, a current affair have been found guilty of that. Was it the uh, Chicken Farmers Association that lodged that complaint? It doesn't say. Ah, shoddy journalism. It doesn't say, but uh, apparently uh, sampling of chicken for bacteria and the results of the sampling also failed to present material accurately. So, uh, a current affair, not quite telling the truth. They should do a story on themselves. Although I'm sure Today Tonight already have. <laughs> Where's the truth? <laughs> Where's the truth, the current affair? <laughs> some foot and door there. Hey, uh, we've got some advertisers who are taking their own shows into prime time in the Australian market. We've seen it with the Gilmore Girls. The advertising industry over there wanted something family-oriented, something that the entire family could watch. That, something so with shiny could, hair. So they could sell more shampoo mm-hmm. or soap. Mm-hmm. So they made a soapy. It was, it, it was actually <laughs> yeah, uh, set up by Johnson & Johnson. Mm. Uh, the companies involved here are Optus, Wild Turkey... Any guess on what that might have been? Uh, Sony BMG and Sony Ericsson, who are looking to get up their own shows. Optus and Sony... I'm so glad you ended up that with shows. <laughs> Optus and Sony are uh, getting behind a show called Girl Band, uh, which has been developed by Crackerjack, the production company out of Melbourne. Which we, mm-hmm. uh, we mentioned on the show a few months ago now. So, so the advertisers have, have bankrolled the production right. of that. Um, much the same as uh, what they're pushing for, which will be a primetime celebrity version of Joker Poker. <laughs> I guess that means that what we've seen up until now hasn't been a celebrity version. <laughs> <laughs> Bankrolled by Wild Turkey and Star City Casino. Uh, apparently Star City's pulled out of the deal as as far as shooting it there because they've got uh, queues waiting for their poker tables that, that last for two hours. So, uh, Wild Turkey is still behind that, um, but uh, it looks like Star City are going to be getting out, and I guess uh, maybe they'll shoot it down at Crown or something, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of along going along the road of what we've had recently in the States, where Burger King has bankrolled an entire feature-length film. And what's that film? What's that film about? Harold and whatever it is, go to White Castle. <laughs> <laughs> no, because... White Castle's not Burger King. Uh, I know Burger that, King don't have like the the wine inch patties. That, no, was, the, that was the joke. I, that they're you, not Burger King. Have you seen? Oh, and they they get salmonella and die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's it. That's, that was going to be the original. It's just ninety three minutes of their suffering in bed. Yeah, Harold and what's his name go to White Castle, get salmonella and die. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to to and, and uh, you know maybe maybe they won't. No, that won't work because they've been showing Wild Turkey ads during the Joker Bug, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Yes, and Star City ads. Mm-hmm. Yes. So unfortunately, no it's not going to be bloke, Bloke's World and just no. have uh, product placement. Oh, it's it's close enough as it is, though. Sure. Hey, uh, in Channel Seven suck news. Uh, <laughs> 
They're doing a rip-off of the popular ABC quiz show, Spicks and Specs. This sounds like a winner. They've got Todd McKenney to host. Oh, no. Who uh, I think is uh, everybody's grandma's favourite TV celebrity. Yeah, that's going to be great for be- a rock and roll quiz. <laughs> yeah. Because because the ABC's Spicks and Specs works so well with a bitchy queen hosting it. <laughs> I don't... Uh, so tell us more about the show, Ross. Uh, that's that's pretty much all I know about it. Uh, that I, I I stopped reading there. Uh, good luck to Channel Seven. I hope it's as successful as when they acquired Tony Squires and did their rip off of the fat, or uh, when they did their rip off of the panel. Yes. Oh. Well, with Tony Squires, they essentially bought the fat, didn't they? It was a different Tony show. Squires no, was they, in on a big but pay. then they called it. They called it one hundred percent Tony Squires. One hundred ten percent. One hundred ten percent Tony Squires, and uh, and then everybody realised that that was way too much Tony Squires, <laughs> and uh, and nobody wanted to watch any of it. And that panel show, mm. uh, I remember going out to uh, Home and Away. I spent a few days at Home and Away uh, just after that panel show had uh, finished. Or actually, a few months after that panel show had finished. It's uh, so, excellent three-episode run. Yeah, a few months after it had started. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and the office was still there, mm-hmm. but empty, like nobody wanted to ever work out of it just in case it was haunted. Ah, yes. Well, I'm sure it would have been, uh, would have been a nasty place to work. Speaking of nasty places to work, Channel 9 have just signed... I'm so glad James isn't here. Channel 9 have just signed Ricky Ponting, the Australian cricket captain, mm-hmm. as a new commentator for their Wide World of Sports cricket coverage. Uh, he's going to be, according to them, a valuable addition to the network's exclusive coverage of the three mobile Ashes test. Eddie Maguire said Ricky Ponting is a very important commodity for the Nine Network. That's interesting because I thought he'd just be like a good person. But no, he's a commodity. Mm-hmm. How, how exactly is he going to be commentating if he's playing? This I don't understand. See, I think it's more just special comments. Let's just have a lapel mic out, uh, on, and, on and, his uh, collar uh, as he's out on the field. <laughs> I think can't it'll be bat and he can't throw. <laughs> I think it'll be more um, more access than we've been granted previously. What does Ricky Ponting do? Is he a batsman? Yes. Yes. So it'll be kind of just, you know, out in the outfield. No, no, I think it'll be while before, on the field. I think it'll be before the game kind of stuff. Yeah, I think the what camera happens? will just kind of sidle up to him on uh, along nah. the boundary line. <laughs> Psst, Ricky. <laughs> a little bit like, you know, when Merv Hughes had the big following and he'd be doing his stretches down oh, the boundary when line. When they have the all-star games and they actually do mic up players. No, I don't think they'll be doing that. He's, sort of he's going to be doing special comments into stump cam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy sucks. Now, I, I want to go further down to this Channel Line media release. Uh, Their the last line says, in another exclusive coup, Nine also re- revealed it will televise the first four days of every test live around the country. Mm-hmm. Is that coup different to uh, the information we all had earlier that Channel Nine were going to uh, broadcast live every test around the country? They it's only... different only in that they're only doing the first four days. No, 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 no. It's different at that it's every, all around the country. No, but they were always going to... Like Melbourne, for instance. This year they did Melbourne and Sydney. Right. Or last year. Last summer they did Melbourne and Sydney, but they didn't do the rest of the country. Oh, okay. I think that's... Because I, 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 I did the same thing when I read that, but I think that's the main difference. Right. I think they didn't do that. Uh, there has been a bit of fuss, though. Uh, apparently, uh, the Australian Cricket Board weren't too happy when they found out about Ricky Ponting signing with Channel 9. Uh, they basically said he can't do that because he needs to be available for other networks as well. 
So oh, it'll be interesting, interesting to see uh, to see what happens with mm. that. Well, how long has he got left of his career? Oh, it's, I've, it's, I've, it's got I don't follow cricket, so I've got yeah. no idea where these guys are he, at. He's probably got about at least uh, at least I another two, two. I think he's thirty-one or thirty-two. So he's, yeah, he'll be there for a little while, and he's mm-hmm. arguably their best player. So uh, it's it's not like he's just captaining. Who does he play here. for? <laughs> Australia. <laughs> okay. Speaking of uh, cricket. Uh, in an idea that you kind of thought they uh, they would have done a while ago, Channel 9, sick of ripping off other networks, are ripping off themselves this time. What? <laughs> and they're doing a footy show style version of the cricket show before every test this summer. Uh, Which I'm but, sure Ricky will be a major part of. But they tried to do... do you, does everybody remember the Shane Warne Boxing Day Breakfast? Well, I remember you talking about it. No. Yes, well, because that's that, that's them trying to do kind of the uh, uh, the grand final, final grand final breakfast, mm-hmm. uh, and it was discovered quite quickly there that much like footballers, cricketers aren't funny mm-hmm. or talented in other aspects. Mm-hmm. Why would they do that? Uh, well, I think this is this is the thing. If you make Eddie the head of the network, he he of course tries to emulate his one major success. Right. And he has trouble coming up with new ideas. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Let's go to foreign news. Talking of people having trouble coming up with new ideas, I think that follows. Uh, (laughs) In news about poorly underpaid starving actors in extremely funny comedy sitcom things. Dare dare we say tentpole shows? Charlie Sheen is looking to up his pay packets for his work in Two and a Half Men to a million dollars an episode. You what? A million dollars an episode. Putting it up five times what he's currently on. Couldn't they just give him They're already giving him too much with 200 grand an episode in that pile of crap couldn't couldn't they just give him some canvas and some pegs and go there now you've got the whole tent <laughs> apparently not uh it's it, that's at the same level that's the cast of friends were at mm-hmm. uh in their dying series mm-hmm. um but, but there were more of them two and a half men uh doesn't rate as well and uh isn't accepted critically there well were that's because it's shit there were more Friends, there were six of them. There's only one Charlie Sheen. They're not going to pay that other guy or the half guy. That other guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my understanding of the show, isn't it? There's two full men and there's one who's been cut in half. In um, some terrible magic accident. It alternates between the top halves and the bottom halves. So one half is just the legs. <laughs> Where the hell's the rest of my body? <laughs> In other stupid people, why don't you get a clue about what you're actually doing in in your life news? Uh, The dozen writers on America's Next Top Model may walk off the show. They've uh, they've threatened uh, job action after the network denied their request for representation by the Writers Guild of America. So essentially what they're saying there is we're upset that you're not allowing us the representative representation of uh, of a union, mm-hmm. we're going to take union action against you. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. The, the other thing is that uh, the, uh, the the network, which, as I mentioned last week, is now the CW, mm-hmm. they easily can just go, well, how hard is it to write America's Next Top Model, considering that... Uh, 
It but is a reality show, and why do they need a dozen writers? If any reality, model. if any reality show needs writers, it's models. <laughs> no, but the the models themselves don't have they don't they don't have the benefit of the writers of the writers. Oh. No, it's it's only who's the, hosting it. Tyra Banks, she hosts and produces it. Is she funny? Is she? Does she have particular insights that these scriptwriters are running into her scripts? Not really. I can't think of... So they're not even particularly good scriptwriters. No. I don't know why there's a dozen of them. Like, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's the sort of thing that, you know, Maybe. three people and a pig could do. Three people but, and you know, a pig. After, after a couple of episodes, what more is there to tell them to say? I don't know. Apparently, the Writers Guild of America has been attempting uh, to organise reality shows over the last two years, but without significant success. Probably because they have no power when it comes to reality shows, because everybody knows that uh, mm. the writers there are all chumps. Yeah, I thought that was made them what, what, what made said, them so I'd attractive. Love, I'd love a job <laughs> writing for reality television. Well, show. apply to America's Next Top Model. Clearly, they're looking for them. Yeah, they need them. Scab. I thought that was uh, what made them attractive to the networks because they didn't actually have to have scripts. Yeah, but apparently... The whole reality TV thing. Apparently, they need to hire 12 people. Don't you remember last year they all went on strike? That was one of Josh's yeah, very yeah. humorous news all items. The, all the uh, reality television writers went on strike, and the shows just kept on going. Now, that episode was five times better than... <laughs> <laughs> five times less better than this one. <laughs> uh in uh, Sopranos news, locally, finally some kind of good news, but not really. Channel 9 <laughs> have... Uh, that was clear. <laughs> Channel 9 have released their uh, their schedule. It, it kind of got pushed down to the bottom of all the crap to do with She Who Must Not Be Named, but they did mention that over summer they intend to show Sopranos for Sopranos fans and Nip Tuck for Nip Tuck fans. Which I guess Don't Channel Nine understand that people actually want to watch Sopranos and it would get good ratings if they would treat it with some respect. No, yeah. it's it's much better for them to put it over the summer where it can be pushed out of the way when there's a day night match or mm. uh, or not air over the two weeks of and Christmas. It, and and it's a it's a you know, it's a little bit of a vicious circle. I mean they they would say, well, the ratings aren't very good, but the ratings won't be good this time because they've delayed it so long and so many people have downloaded it. And so I imagine I'd be... I'd Look, I don't know if they'll put it on at all. And I think the uh, the best way or the most likely chance that we'd get to actually see either Sopranos or Nip Tuck is if Channel 10 put it on and then Channel 9 would just copy it. Come Christmas... <laughs> <laughs> Come Christmas, though, uh, the... Uh Sixth season of The Sopranos should be available in the US on DVD. Yes. They'll probably release it, release it that for Christmas, uh, in which case, get it off Amazon. Yep. Watch it at your own leisure. Yeah. Don't exactly. be beholden. Uh, what? Yes. It's don't, you. don't eat the you, Holden. No, don't be beholden. Oh, right. I couldn't figure out what you were saying. It's like somebody just said, the pork's on the table. <laughs> I don't imagine if somebody said that. Warner Brothers Home Entertainment Group. That's not uh, the Warner Brothers Cable Channel, nor the CW, which oh. has something to do with country western music, I think. Um, there is no Warner Brothers Cable Channel. Have, have uh, stepped, Much like the video podcast. Stepped in with their content on iTunes. Uh, I assume that this is Australian iTunes store uh, because it was an Australian site that I got this news from. Um, they've reportedly posted up 
113 episodes of Friends, of Babylon 5, The Jetsons, The Flintstones, uh, and some sketches from Mad TV. There's also an unaired television pilot titled Aquaman oh. no. from the writers of Smallville. Fantastic. Oh. Well, that, that's actually been, uh, been coming about for, for a while because uh, Aquaman was a character, uh, made an appearance in Smallville one time. Uh, so, really? Yeah. Okay. So they were gonna they were gonna do. So that. obviously the pilot went so well that they decided to make a feature film of it with uh, Vince. No, no. That's <laughs> see, that's fiction. Remember, we were talking about the difference between fiction and no, reality. It was variety. Yeah, it was, but that was a joke ad, Brett, and and then in uh, oh. back to Australia, and the Film Finance Corporation has backed four new television series to be produced here. Uh, one of them uh, is called Sea Patrol, about the Navy patrol boat services that police Australia's borders, Australia's like front a, lines. It's like a mm. it's like a pretend version of Border Patrol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Border Patrol, but not Protection, an airport. Border security. Security. Mm. Uh, this is hey, a, there's, there's a great idea for the other networks. <laughs> Border Patrol. Border Patrol. <laughs> this is this is uh, going to be produced by. <laughs> it's too expensive for Channel Nine. <laughs> By Hal and Di McElroy, who, uh, as we all remember, produced the excellent... Henderson Kids? Dog's Head Bay. Ah, fantastic. Dog Shit Bay. Uh, there's uh, also going to be... Uh, Was that ABC? Yep. Yeah. A six-part Never drama Six-part drama for the ABC called Rain Shadow. Uh, major Crime about a Muslim police officer in post-9-11 Australia. These are all sounding like ABC ideas. Yeah, those are. And uh, SBS have one called uh, Valentine's Day, which is a telepic following a drifter who turns around at the fortunes of a destitute Australian country town. In Czech. Australia. But it's all in Czech, and that's why it's on SBS. No. No, no. that's just following on Ancient from... Ancient Greek? That's just following on from Remote Area Nurse. Ah, okay. Um, I think SBS went, well, that worked all right. So let's do that. Yeah. 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 Uh, she who must not be named, Brett. No. Yes. No. If you caught... Uh, no. What is going on with the Lady Voldemort? No. <laughs> no. <clears throat> if you caught the no. Sunday papers, the Sunday just gone in Melbourne, then you would know about the baby dramas and the stress about, oh my God, I'm going to get boned and I'm going to lose the baby, has now fallen down six stairs and broken her wrist. But the baby's Okay. <laughs> So I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that the Herald Sun tomorrow is going to have front page. My baby's safe. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, What do you think the band means? I haven't <laughs> named her. <laughs> yeah, but it's still have, if, not- if we have a band, it's not just so you, that you can't say her name. It's so that we don't talk about it. It's just freaking I, I, pathetic. I, I, just the whole <laughs> baby. Freak- bullshit read, read that article. has come up in the last week. I read an article which that was is just titled, so cynical. Like, like. Uh, I read an article that was titled Let's make her a mummy you, you walked away from the microphone <laughs> Let him talk You read an article, Ross What was it about? That was entitled uh, Any publicity is good publicity In her case And I think she read that article and thought Oh great, I'll fall down the stairs <laughs> Actually, I was looking While at protecting the, my baby I was looking at one of the pictures uh, in the paper of her and her hand is nothing but skin and bone. Like she's purely skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, in the and news. finally, 
Channel 9 have a new sketch comedy show. Oh, really? Yes, called The Crap. It will be set around... <laughs> it will be set around the, uh, the fictitious village called Crapville, <laughs> where the locals will be known as Crappies. Who's going to be in it? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Channel 9 spokesman allegedly said it's the worst show of 2006. Obviously, we had to copy it. <laughs> and that... Is the box cutter's sometimes fictitious news? In the beginning, there was nothing, and God created everything. He made man and beast. One day, man came across a chicken, and he said, I can use this. And thus, our rating system was born. It might be convoluted, it might make no sense, but it's the only system we've got, damn it. Ratings. Better than nothing, but only just. That's our brand new intro to the rating segment. And it with is. the ratings, Ross McQueen. I don't actually have any ratings news. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to play the, the new intro. That was it. And that's ratings on Box Tom Cutters. Tom Elliott here from a variety of different media organisations. 3RRR, 3AW, Channel 7, Mornings with Kerry ann Inside Business on a Sunday with Alan Kohler. I like to spread myself around and so should you. Listen to the box cutters on the internet or any other media you can find them. I think it's educational. I think it's fascinating. I think you might even learn something you didn't know before. Listen to the box cutters. I always do. Welcome now to box cutters, the wonderful Brian Nankervis. How are you? I'm very well. Good evening, Josh. Good evening, Ross. Good evening, young Brett. Good evening, Brian. I've got two questions for you. Lay them on me. What was the first concert you went to? The what? The first concert you went to? Oh, the first concert. Well, the first real concert was the Kinks in about... Well, it was about... It was when they put out Lola, mm-hmm. because I know there was great furor because it was banned. Um, uh, it was at Festival Hall. It was about 1971. And the irony is that my second daughter is, is called Lola. <laughs> Very happy to see the kink. Was that ironic or intentional? No, that was intentional, I suppose. <laughs> because, because she was born and you went, mm, she looks like she'll have a masculine gait. She looks like she's going to be one of those strange types around <laughs> a weird bar in Soho. And the second question? Yep. Uh, what was the first album you bought? first album I bought was via the Australian Record Club. Uh, and I... How old were you? Three albums, the soundtrack to The Graduate by Simon and Garfunkel, the best of The Who, and I'm very, very proud to say Bob Dylan, Highway 61 revisited. Oh, excellent. And the big question, have you managed to get yourself out of the Australian Record Club since then? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but man, it was so exciting because you'd order these records and then a week or a month or, you know, a couple of months later, this big cardboard parcel would arrive and oh it was very exciting <laughs> and as opposed to the world record club they were real records on you know they weren't sort of mocked up just for the record club oh, okay right now of course uh, we're asking you all of these questions because you're one of the hosts of rock quiz yep. on sbs television yep. and it's coming back it's coming back yes uh Saturday, July 29, we return with the first episode of Series 3. Uh, they're all 
five-minute episodes. Oh, that's longer, to, longer this series. Yeah, a little bit longer. We were sort of hassled by uh, viewers who demanded more, and uh, we found that, you know, towards the middle, about the middle of the second series, we really started to hit our straps, and just too much good stuff was wasted and lying on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it was all good stuff that's on the floor. <laughs> there was a bit of uh, a bit of dread, um, but no, they're good, and we've been able to put back in the first series. Um, listeners may remember that we used to show a little package of how we selected our punters, our, yeah. our sort of contestants, and then during the second series, we dropped that just because we ran out of time so we've been able to put that back uh, and the whole thing is allowed been allowed to sort of um breathe a little and that's a technical term <laughs> i'm not quite sure what it means and you, you've also got the duets album out yeah. at, at the same time is does it surprise you that you know this show small show that you just shot at the sb because it's local and fun yeah. uh is is now you know, such a, a huge part of the uh, SBS repertoire and, uh, and just culture in general. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I'm d- absolutely delighted. And, you know, when you start a show, you just think, oh, well, we'll just do one series and they'll tell us to go away. And then, But then once I think once we started doing it, we sort of thought, hey, I reckon this is pretty good. And, and people did love it right from the start. So I'm... I'm absolutely delighted but um you know when we're you're in the sb and you're watching tex perkins and deb conway do love hurts or or martha wainwright and dan kelly do slave to love in a way and when you listen to it back and watch it back we knew it was pretty good so we always thought ah and, you know, I was involved with the panel for years and years. Mm-hmm, I used mm-hmm. to do the warm-ups for the panel. Yep. And, um, you know, they were selling their CDs by the truckload. And their music was crap. Well, look, <laughs> I, you know, I've got to be careful, don't I? <laughs> yeah, I don't, Brian. It was shit. <laughs> no, there were some good moments. There were some wonderful moments. <laughs> now, Brian, are you on a cordless phone? Uh, yes, I am. It's Buzzing like crazy. Oh, is it? Would you like me to wander here? Oh, oh wa- that's a great spot. Stay there. How's that? Yeah, beautiful. All right. Now you're you're no stranger to our screens, right? You've yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> thanks for thanks for being on box house. No, uh, of course you were uh, you were in the excellent Let the Blood Run Free. Yes, available now at all good JB Hi-Fi stores. <gasps> no, really? Yeah. In fact, in fact, when uh, we started doing. Rockwiz, the first bit of press I did was at a, um, a, a corporate FM station that shall not be named, and the sort of jock introduced me as Brian Nankervis, uh, you know, Raymond J. Bartholomew's, and of course, um, featuring in the soon to be released DVD of Let the Blood Run Free, and it was the first I'd heard about it. <laughs> so did you call up Ian McFadden straight away and go, who's lining their pockets with this? Absolutely. <laughs> and he 
Oh no! Look, don't. I can't start there. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff we can't say. There's a lot of people who you end up working for that perhaps you don't necessarily admire. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> well, let's you know. Let's I mean, just leave it at he's he's producing the the uh, the wedge, wedge now. Yeah. So now look, Ian. I mean, you know, Ian is a wacky. He's a such a sort of brainy he's one of those guys with an enormous brain and and there's so much going on up there that unfortunately a bit gets left out (laughs) (laughs) and um, the the blood dvd oh look it was just really frustrating because it was such a sort of shoddy product and it was such a wonderful show i mean it wasn't it it was certainly uh, we made two series and one got shown here, the other one got shown in places like Zimbabwe and Spain. Well, I had a bit of a cult following in the UK when I was over there, yep, like yep. 10 years ago. And, and I thought Germany really loved it as Germany well. Germany loved it, Spain loved it, Holland, yeah, and it was a great, it was fun and we did it ourselves and, you know, we had such fun doing it and to have it come out without any notes and without any extras, it was really frustrating yeah i have to say and it was also no stars commentaries yeah nothing n- none of that at all but blood itself was probably the first interactive television show oh, I, re- I suppose so really yeah the, for those who don't remember at the end of each episode the the action would be poised on a cliffhanger and we would invite the audience to vote you know should effie jump of course, they voted overwhelmingly for her to jump. Uh, should Warren, you know, kiss the matron? Uh, anyway, these plot points, the crucial cliffhanger plot points, and the audience had to vote on them on the so, phone. So was this back in the day when, when viewers had to send in their answers on the back of a postcard? <laughs> no, it was a phone call. It was, but it was, it was back when you had two different numbers, one for this option and yeah. one for that option. And I know that, Brian, because every week I would call and vote. <laughs> oh, good on you. And you know we know that. <laughs> and we really thank you. Because I, I really, I truly loved the show so much. Oh, uh, good on you. And we certainly did follow, you know, there was always the suspicion that we just simply did the whatever we wanted to do. But we actually, I mean, we always had, you know, we knew which ending, we, that we knew, we had, we wrote the endings to both. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you wrote the uh, the beginning of the next week. That's right. Yeah. That could go either way, but, but we did follow the the audience vote. And then you still had to shoot the show that week and yeah. and edit it and get it up to get yeah. it onto air, which I I think is amazing. You yeah. also were a regular as Raymond J Bartholomew's on Hey Hey. Yes. What was it like to work in uh, in that studio? It was good. Yeah. No, it was great. I mean, I never really. Until the end, um, for the first sort of five or six years, I really just sort of came and did my bit and went. And I was sort of, you know, Raymond Jay really started in sort of at the last laugh and he was a sort of product of the Brunswick Street. I mean, he was a sort of a satire of the, the you know, inner city poets. Mm-hmm. And so part of me was always slightly, not embarrassed, but... You know, I knew that Hey Hey was definitely um, a long way from 
sort of my my roots or, or Raymond's territory. But I also knew that it was incredible exposure and it meant that I could work and I could travel around Australia and, and work. So I was always very grateful, but I didn't tend to... I really just went in, did my bit and left. But then towards the end, I got a little bit more involved. I did a pantomime, Hey, Hey, It's Cinderella, uh, <laughs> at the Palais Theatre with Red and Wilbur and John Blackman. And, and of course, you know, they, they were totally charming and, and lovely people, and um, we all had a nice time. And uh, are you a bit jealous now that, you know, Wilbur's on Understanding 50s and... Uh... <laughs> You guys are great. Where do I, where do I get this podcast? You, uh, you find it at boxcutters.net. Okay. You can say anything you like, obviously. Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, that, that's the beauty of it. Nobody knows where we live. What a fast. <laughs> that Vega in Sammy. What a golden opportunity that was just totally squandered by a bland, unimaginative, gutless playlist. I think this is the the start of a a new segment on Box Cutters, Brian, and we will call it Brian Gets Stuff Off His Chest. Oh, Oh, well, I just think it is, and I really... um, Because, you know, I put my hand up for a... I I sort of got a hold of one of the guys that was doing the programming and said, look, you know, there's a brand-new FM station... I'd love to do a show, but the more we talked, the more I thought, nah, this is going to be really bland, and they're not going to take any risks at all, um, and I just think they they could have done something fantastic. Because yeah. you, uh, you, you did a, a wonderful radio show on uh, Triple R, where we Triple record R. this podcast, yeah. with uh, the excellent and late Linda Gibson. Yeah, the wonderful Linda Gibson. Um and yeah, Gibbo and I had a, a show, big big Wednesday for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and then we moved to the weekend, big Saturday. Um, and we were given, well, of course, like all Triple R shows, you're given this incredible freedom. But you know, they're smart; they give it to people who they trust, and and the results are are incredible. And I just think a show, a, a radio station like Vega, they could have taken a leaf out of Triple R's book. Anyway. I haven't. Yeah, well, fools. Yeah. <laughs> fools is, is what I say. Now, with the... Sorry, Brett, did you want, did you want a question? No, okay. Uh, with the, with, with your, your previous work as, as Raymond J and, yeah. uh, and also in, in Blood, yeah. and now coming to Rock Quiz, do, do you miss doing characters on television? Oh, no, not really. I mean, I'm, I love doing what I'm doing. Um, I, get, I still do. Like, I do sort of probably 50 or 60 school shows a year and believe it or not I trot out Raymond J. Bartholomew's and I do um, corporate events and I MC functions so I still put on the beret and so I'm more than satisfied with any desires to um, to do character work um, sometimes I feel you know when I'm sort of in the sort of slight background on Rockwiz, I think, mm, you know, would I rather be up front hosting? But Julia's so wonderful. 
And I also think it's really important to have a woman in the midst of this sort of male, you know, because the world of the rock nerd does tend to roll a little bit towards the middle-aged bloke in Blackburn <laughs> who may or may not have a beard. <laughs> um, so it's great having Julia up there. So, no, I'm very happy and I get to produce and I get to write and I get to, you know, sit back and watch these incredible musicians perform. So, mm. no, very happy. Now, have you, look, have, you, have you sold it into or looked at selling into other territories? Uh, we certainly are in the process. We're, we've registered with um, a mob called Screen Time who, you know, seem to have, have a lot of runs on the board. Uh, it looks like there may well be a Spanish version of Rockwiz. Mm-hmm. So selling the concept to the Spaniards? Yeah, well, apparently they can't... They're not going to call it Rockwiz, though, because it doesn't sort of mean anything in the translation. They're calling it I Love the Music. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, oh, see, it, it could have been the John Paul Young song, I Hate the Music. That's right, of course. But, no, we're, we're, we're desperate to... We, you know, we'd love to have an American... Version. We've had a few, you know, internationals. We had Adrian Ballou, the sort of um, guitar whiz who, you know, has played with Bowie and Frank Zappa. Mm-hmm. We had him on uh, in this series coming up, and he was very excited about it and wanted to take it back to America. And Glenn Tilbrook we had in the second series, and, you know, he said, oh, this would be great in England. But, you know, it, it's all... Everyone gets excited and talks about it, but... It, it's it's a hard thing. The wheels turn slowly. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And and you know they'd have to find a room as steeped in rock history as the Gershwin room yeah. at the Espy. Oh, I reckon that. I mean, you know, you imagine in London there'd be some. Incredible... Oh, the old Hackney Empire Theatre. That's right. Or the what's the one? The Town and Country. Down in Brixton, yeah. Town and Country Club. I actually did a gig there as Raymond J. Bartholomew's and really just escaped with my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is in 1992. I made the fatal mistake of assuming that uh, 200 people in a comedy venue in London, like 200 people in a comedy venue in Fitzroy, would, uh, you know, think that Neighbours was a crock of shit. <laughs> and, uh, of course, they didn't. <laughs> and they hated me right from the start because I had the the um, how dare I um, put shit on neighbours? Mm, it was tough. Uh, see, they didn't realise you come from a country where nothing is sacred. I know. Yeah, yeah it's a bit of a shock. Yeah, I did about half a dozen gigs in London, and uh, yeah, with varying degrees of success. <laughs> Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us on Box oh, Cutters. pleasure. Now, can, tell us again, Rockwiz, okay. when's it on? The spiel is that Rockwiz is on SBS, and it is marvellous working for a network where friends will occasionally say, oh, SBS, oh, I don't get SBS. <laughs> <laughs> like they don't understand it or the reception's poor? No, no, they don't get the, you know, oh, no, I, well, we can't get SBS. Yep. <laughs> Our reception's uh, not right. Uh, no, SBS... Saturday night, 9.15, first episode goes to air this week. Now, because you're podcasting, who knows when people will be hearing this, but 
July 29. For the next nine weeks, we've got some terrific uh, artists. Martha Wainwright is the only guest we've asked to come back. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Um, Archie Roach, Kate Sobrano, Gareth Lydiard from The Drones, uh, the girl from The Audrey's. And, uh, and the, the finale is an all-star featuring Tex Perkins, Tim Rogers, Rebecca Bernard, Deborah Conway, Dave Larkin and Ella Hooper. Oh, fantastic. Oh, but I think they all need to take separate planes because otherwise, well, you know, Oz Rock will... It was fascinating. We thought, what a great idea. Let's get them all together. And then we came to rehearse the final song and we thought, mm, was this such a good idea? Because, you know, there was six lead singers all wanting to... Uh, be the star. Be a lead singer. <laughs> yep. No, they were great. It was great. Uh, and yes, and there's a CD of uh, 19 duets, and there's a DVD of 28 duets. Fantastic. In the shops from August the 5th. Thanks so much, Brian. Oh, Brian and Curvis, everybody. Thank you, lads. Box cutters. Coming up in Box Cutters, we've got some show reviews, letters to Box Cutters, some apt closing material. What does it stand for? Strangely Strangely compelling content. content. Come on, Brett, get with the program. And coming up next, (laughs) Crack TV. Cut! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Look out, Smithers! (laughs) <laughs> I love this show. Now, just in case I haven't made myself abundantly clear, I just want to reiterate once again, Channel 7 suck. <laughs> Say it with me. Come on, guys. Channel, Channel 7, 7 suck. suck. Come on, Brett. Channel, Channel 7, 7 suck. suck. If you're listening... Why are we stating the bleeding obvious? <laughs> if you're listening at home, say it with us. Channel 7 suck. Uh, they Open ha- up your windows Scream <laughs> it out into the street I'm as mad as hell and tell the seven suck <laughs> They've got uh, You see, because it's a podcast It'll all be at varying times <laughs> I love it's that It's got to work well and People walking down the street and randomly Someone's yeah. going to shout it out Yeah, That's people excellent. listening to their iPods on their way to work and whatnot uh, Channel 7 have two entries in the Crap TV logbook this week Both are from their Thursday evening presentations the first comes to us in regards to the very funny and unfortunately in this sh- uh, in this country underrated. My name is Earl. Oh, really? What have they done? Well, they're showing them out of order. But he's I- got a list. <laughs> exactly, he has a list. Why not? Yeah, I think that's what they're trying to do. I think they're trying to sort his list into order. But- but the shows refer back to other shows. Yeah. There are people who help him later on in his list mm-hmm. that he's only befriended because of earlier in his list. But what does that matter? They can show them in any order they like. Oh, who, okay. Who cares about it? It's their bet and they'll do whatever they want. Exactly. So why are they doing this? Because Channel 7 sucked. <laughs> uh, special thanks to Rosie Boxcutter for pointing that out to me, giving me the heads up a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, they, they did. I think they've got episode four on tonight as we're recording this, which is Thursday night. And then next week they've got episode 16. So uh, good work there. Oh, that's great because I don't think I've seen episode 16. Well, watch it next week. Nice. 
After that, they have Lost. Lost is getting very exciting at the moment. We're down to the final few episodes. There's a thrilling climax coming up. When they finally discover what's under the island. In fact, uh, it's, it's a double two-part episode called Live Together, Die Alone, a special movie-length presentation that everyone's getting to see, but not us in Australia. What? No, we're getting to see Live Together, Die Alone, part one. They're oh. splitting it up and putting it over two weeks. Why? Because Channel 7 suck! <laughs> I guess at least they're showing Lost in order. I guess that's... Thank heaven for small mercies. <laughs> I would love it if they showed Lost out of order. <laughs> That would be that would be actually one of the best things <laughs> Channel Seven could ever do, just because it would be that hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in in the states, they essentially show it out of order, I guess, because they have the sweeps, whatever ones that the, want to rate well, and then they have two or three weeks off where they show repeats. Yes. I can't imagine how uh, how you'd be able to follow if you weren't paying attention over there. You'd just think what. Or maybe the networks there They've think all been that rescued? they're maybe the understand. networks there think that their viewers are a little bit more intelligent than our networks here. Well, well, that certainly is the case because our networks here couldn't actually think that the viewers were any less intelligent. Yeah, so, in summing up, Ross, mm-hmm. uh, that's crap. T- no, Channel Seven suck. That's right, <laughs> and that's crap TV. Hi, I'm Josie Pirelli from Chart Busting '80s, and you're listening to the guys on Box Cutters. Incidentally, if you want to email us, you can send it letters to hooray at boxcutters.net mm-hmm. if you disagree with anything that Brett said earlier on in the show, perhaps about hosts of television shows. Hooray at boxcutters.net will make sure that he reads them. Which hosts? Uh, we'll get back to that oh, later. Also, if you, you know, send us some emails about how much Channel 7 suck. Yeah, oh, we'd love that. And how much Channel 9 suck. I can't believe two networks ripping off the Up Late Game Show. Isn't that ridiculous? And, oh, I've got to tell you, this... Uh, sorry, I'm 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 completely hijacking your uh, your segment, Brett. Quizmania. Did either of you see it? No, I saw it about is awful. two three minutes. I, I of wasn't it. I wasn't kidding at the start of the show when they make hot dogs look good. <laughs> they really do make hot dogs look good, and it's the same format. Oh, ring up. Oh, I don't know what that word is. A-C-R. Oh, rearrange the letters. Oh, I don't know what it could be. Maybe I drove to the studio in one. <laughs> But do you think they're actually taking the calls live, or are they doing? Because because Hot no, Dogs no, no, has no. A, like it's, a callback it's, it's system. It's the same thing. They? It's the same callback system. It says you know, call now. Your number will be possibly one drawn out of a hat or something. Mm, great. It's it's one person improvising to camera, and somebody in a sound booth with a hundred and one wacky sound effects. Mm-hmm. It's oh, just terrible. And, and maybe that's maybe that is why Channel Nine have done it because there hasn't been enough work for Murray Tregoning. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe. Uh, uh, have they have they also kind of missed out on investing in a in a tripod for the camera? It, it looked kind of handheld, uh, and lots of moving around to me. Lots more moving around than hot dogs show. Right? No, uh, no. There, there seemed um, in the bit I saw there there was no moving around. I mean, she came out a little door, but then it looked like if she'd walked any further, she would have hit the camera, and the camera would have hit the back of the studio. <laughs> so. Maybe maybe she's got the camera just on a remote control. Mm. And so she's doing her own camera work. Like those webcams that you subscribe to. <laughs> what? Hey, after our... Uh, was it last week or the week before? Uh, Several weeks. It was one of them. I, spoke, I think last week it was inapt. 
<laughs> I spoke a few weeks about, uh, is it the car show? The mm-hmm. local yes. One? Um, that was several weeks ago. And, but that was last and, week. And, and you were then talking last about the car week, show. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I checked out uh, Top Gear, which is the original UK-based Jeremy Clarkson uh, helmed car show yes. on SBS on Monday nights in the old Mythbusters slot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just cry on your own pillow. Go on. No, 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 I'm fine about all that. Um, it is actually very entertaining. Um, Jeremy Clarkson's rev head orgasms while he's doing his little test drives are, are quite humorous, although they do sound a little bit pre-scripted. Have you, have you seen him do, uh, do one of those orgasms while he's driving a convertible? Uh, whilst he was driving a Maserati old uh, Formula One car. <laughs> Lovely shot. It's it's beautifully shot, um, and uh, there's there's good banter between him and the other two uh, main presenters, whose names I, I'm blanking on. The the little one and the other one. Mm-hmm. Now you're not much of a car person, are you? I'm, I'm so not a car person. A, a car is as good as a hammer to me. It gets me from here to there. That's why you keep I don't banging care your what, car into things. As long as it <laughs> as long as it keeps going, then I don't care. Yep. But you quite like the yeah, show. I, I would drive a Robin Reliant. Right. See, uh, whereas the car show, I think, is, is one of those few programs that can bring out 100% man in me. You know, I can, I can watch, sure, America's Next Top Model, and sometimes it's not just about perving at girls. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is actually about modelling. But mm-hmm. when I watch the car show, it is... Top Gear. Sorry, Top Gear. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it is uh, entirely just about being a man and loving engines. Mm-hmm. Cool. And it's it's funny, and it takes the piss out of stuff that needs to be taken the yes. piss out of. Although they've got this weird Honda thing over there that's a little bit like the, the Australian Volvo um, concept uh, that, you know, the, the, that boring older drivers drive. Uh, Volvo's oh, here. Oh, really? That's what the Honda is over there. Mm. Really? Because the Honda here is for... Uh it's got a bit more of a, a sporty heritage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Often, yeah. Uh, you know, international students and... with uh, too much money. <laughs> yes. Hey, uh, speaking of SBS shows, just quickly in between your two show reviews, I watched a bit of uh, Bush Scientists, whatever that yep. was called. Yep. It was still out of sync. Slightly. It was actually worse. It was worse the other time because yep. I turned it on and I thought, oh, this was the show. That's still out of sync. Yep. So. I mm. think what's going to happen is that next episode is going to be in sync. And then the episode uh, afterwards uh, is going to be, yeah, the, the vision will be ahead of the... Yeah. Just to return briefly to Top Gear, um, I have two issues with SBS mm-hmm. uh, screening them. Uh, the Mythbusters isn't on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm fine about that. They were showing Mythbusters at 8.30 when it was still on. Um, the series that they're currently showing is Series 6. It was first aired May last year. So mm-hmm. it's not very timely at all. And they're cutting out a segment called Star in a Reasonably Priced Car uh, with stars such as Jack D, Timothy Spall, Nigel Mansell and Steve Coogan, which we just don't get to see. At really? All. Why yeah. are they cutting it out? I don't know. Could you do some finding out? I'll try. Okay. Homework. Homework. I can get the number for SBS and uh, get them to give me some answers. The mm-hmm. other show that uh, I kind of stumbled across, uh, was it just last night? It might have been on Tuesday night. 
Penn and Teller's bullshit. Oh, this show. Sorry. It's your segment. I'll let you go. No. <laughs> it's a conversation. That show's a piece of crap. Really? I watched I watched a, one it episode was, as, as well. And it's... It's it's an hour block, but they've just stuck two episodes together and they re-show the opening titles. Yes. Um, the first half last night was... Uh, was a, it just had so many gratuitously naked people wandering about for no reason at all. Well, this show is... It's just... Okay, they call it... Penn and Teller bullshit, but it, it's really just Penn Gillette claiming that he is right about everything and uh, essentially trying to uh, bust myths by just shouting them away. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I, I used to be a big fan of, of Penn and Teller's magic I haven't shows. I have a lot of them. Well, they essentially... Has what, Teller never spoken? No, he never speaks. Okay. Teller never speaks. In fact, I, I think he's in an episode of Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah, and where, where he, he, he's like the fourth or fifth teller, apparently. Yeah. Because <laughs> the pen keeps killing them off. <laughs> right, where, but, where he does speak. Yes. Mm. Uh, he, uh, you know, and, and Teller's quite an okay magician. And uh, Penn Gillette's, yeah, all right. But they used to be really funny. They, they'd make jokes about magic and uh, in the geeky way that I have. I'm quite a fan of magic. And it was great to see them just going, you know what, this this magic trick has been overused and we're just going to show you how it's done. That's it. Let's move on to more exciting things. But Penn Teller bullshit is just Penn screaming over some footage of... The one I saw was, uh, was like a mystics conference uh, and people were overpaying for... Uh, for, for going to this conference, and that meant that it's crap. And they've got James Randi from the Skeptic Society uh, talking about it, you know, interviewed about things at the beginning of an episode. And so he just goes, ooh, that's bullshit. And then Penn will just keep screaming about how things are bullshit. I hated it. Yeah, I, I concur. And that's show reviews. Thanks for that segment, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a letter for you. No, I'm just the postman. Postman, postman. And another thing, he just keeps going. No, <laughs> that bullshit. Suck. <laughs> Letters to box cutters. Who wants to go first? We've had quite a bit of correspondence this week, so thank you to all those lovely people sending in their letters, and please keep them coming in, along with your special box cutters camera photos too yeah I've, i well. love how people are just sending them in that's fantastic well have we, a look we at got... boxcutters.net uh i've got links up on the sidebar now so you can go straight to those particular posts and see pictures of us and pictures of some other listeners well our most recent one is from a uh, loyal listener called uh mebo uh, hi mebo and uh he's he's got a great mebo or mobo uh, okay, probably my bow. I guess if it, if you go along the, the miso Probab- soup kind yeah, of pronunciation, yeah, yeah, prob- probably my bow. But uh, he, um, yeah, he sent his with no background, interestingly enough, which yes. is kind of cool because it's kind of like he's floating out there in cyberspace. Uh, interestingly enough, this is from a guy who writes a blog called delicategeniusblog.com, which is a technology blog. If you uh, if you want to have a look at it, it's quite good. But uh, Delicate Genius, I instantly recognised as a quote from Seinfeld. Obviously, oh, really? being a big fan of Seinfeld. So I uh, 
so I sent him a quick email to to say, love the name of the blog. Is it a reference to Seinfeld? And he wrote back and said, uh, yes, it is a reference to Seinfeld, but obviously has lots of other significance as well. And then he went on to bag our whole city by referring to Melbourne as Shelbyville. What? Because <laughs> he's from Sydney. So I thought that was pretty cool. So, oh. so keep it up, Mibo. Mibo. Mikbo. That, that is funny. We had some correspondence over the week from Felix or Fibo, uh, whose picture you can check out on the blog. Do box cutters, I just found out that my aunt, uncle, and two cousins' household is surveyed for ratings by Oztam. They have a system hooked up to their television which transmits what they watch to their computer. I think the data gets sent to Oztam. Talk to you soon. Boxcutter Fibo. Now, when we got this letter, I actually sent him a reply. You see, if you write to Boxcutters, your emails might get replied or they mm. might get read out on air. Yes. I actually shot him a reply to see if he could confirm that there was a picture of a chicken on the side of the system box for the ratings. And he wrote back and said, I've never checked the box except I did notice something resembling a chicken on the side. Aha! So Aha! there you go. Take that, Oztam. Mm. Hey, are we... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what he said. Yeah, we're sticking it to the man. We, uh, we, we got a, another uh, letter from uh, Alex Boxcutter. Oh, yeah. Regular, uh, regular correspondent. Re- regular correspondent. He says, hi again, boys. The shows recently have been kick-ass, funny, and entertaining. Well, duh. No, 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 no. no. But thanks. No, no, thanks no. Thanks for you. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah thanks. Thanks, sorry. Anyway, he, uh, he writes, I heard a rumour that she who is embargoed, mm-hmm. brackets... The Lady mm-hmm. Voldemort. I can't mm-hmm. even say her name. It's, he, he's written out her name, but I've forgotten her name. Is Pregas. Uh, my first thought was, well, at least she might keep her job and grab some viewers from Sunrise now. I may be stupidly conspiratorial about this, but I just don't buy that. Lady Voldemort getting knocked up had nothing at all to do with her job or ratings, even just a little bit. So you're saying Eddie did boner? <laughs> I don't. Is, is, that, is that what that's inferring? She's I don't think he's inferring that it was, it's Eddie's child. Oh, I must have misunderstood. It's either her husband or Carl Stefanovic. <laughs> it, it, it is a bit suspicious, isn't it, that, uh, that she suddenly, suddenly got pregnant? Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it is odd. Maybe it's a bit of, bit of bit Tom and Katie kind of pregnancy. Well, oh. a, a little bit of Rosemary's Baby what? scenario. Still nobody's seen Suri. Yeah, that's because she belongs to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just quickly, finally, from... No, 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 not finally oh, at all. No, there's okay. heaps Sorry. more correspondence. There's so one. much. This is just the pick of the bunch. And somewhere in the middle... Brett? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> as, as opposed to, and finally... From Kerry. Or ah, yes. Kevo. Yes. Ah, Kerbo. yes. Kerbo. Yes, Kerry Boxcutter. Okay, so I'm more than a week behind, but I can't believe that you read out that thing about me having sex with you. Jeez, Josh is right. I'm never emailing again, unless I have to. And not counting this one. What if someone recognises me from the picture on the website and calls me a slut? Bad Brabo. Slut. Slutty pants. Uh I'd just like to point out that in that letter, she says, Josh is right. Right. <laughs> and just for that reason, Kerry, don't stop writing. We love it. <laughs> I, you can keep writing that I'm right as much as you want, you Kerry. Just, you just cling to that, Josh. Hey. We, also had a, we also had a letter from, uh, from Jamie Boxcutter during the week. This came to my own personal... Jambo. No, I think he's Jamie Boxcutter. Jambo! 
Jamie will remember he wrote the dancing on rice for me joke from yes, last week. And, and he was going to give us an answer. He was also going to give us some answers about Frasier's dog. There was, I think... Eddie Spaghetti. Three or four questions that we asked. And the answers are seven dog and yes. <laughs> No, no, that's not true at all. Uh, Jamie, actually... No, because one of the questions was, what was Moose's father's name? Jamie, That was dog. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie actually wrote, "Uh, I'm not certain of the ages when it comes to the two Eddies, but I can clear up a couple of things. Moose played Eddie for approximately eight years and was eased into retirement by sharing the role with his son Enzo for a couple of seasons. Then Enzo took over completely for the last two seasons. Moose had hit rock bottom as a family pet, driving his owners mad with constant barking and running away. He clearly had a dream as a last resort before being dumped he was shipped to hollywood to see if he might cut it as an actor the rest as they say is history hope this is useful <laughs> so so the one that died was the first eddie is that what that's saying that that moose was father of Brent. yeah so yeah who then was eddie again just play it back and listen to it and take notes next moose time. <laughs> moose was the first one who played Eddie for approximately okay. eight years. I, th- I thought... Then was shipped into the retirement, sharing the role with his son Enzo for a couple of years. I thought Moose was the second one and Moose was dead. So so we've still got Enzo around, assumedly. I, I, I guess so. I, I, I hope I, so. I don't know. So we've still got an Eddie. Yeah. It's not that bad. And lastly, uh, in letters to box cutters, this comes from Gabby, who uh, I, I will still call Gabby Boxcutter. Everyone else will call her... Gabbo! She says, hey, box cutters, that's us. Supernova, that's how she spells it. I love it. I'm ashamed, but I just can't wait to tune in every week to listen to Tommy make innuendos to see what awful clothing Brooke has on and to listen to that awful Latino girl singing out of key if anyone saw Rockstar Supernova this week. Uh, a Brooke Burke was wearing some weird kind of gold lame vanity cloth. <laughs> uh, which was hilarious, and, uh, <laughs> and that awful Latino girl, as Gabby calls her, uh, was ju- it just sounded like people were killing cats. <laughs> uh, so she she guess it's she guesses it's like a train wreck, but she just can't help it. She goes on to write that in more lost news in the states, as you guys know, they start the season in September or something like that, and have a break, and then come back sometime in January. They've changed the schedule and are playing six episodes before Christmas, I, uh, which I believe have been written almost as a mini-series. I think we've covered this in news already. Yes. Not but today, but a few weeks ago. A few ago. weeks ago, still. Okay, sorry. You know, keep, keep going. She heard it somewhere, clearly. She heard it on box cutters. <laughs> but then can't remember where she heard it from. That's true. Uh, I didn't realise, though, that there was going to be six like a mini-series. Yeah, she, she says it's going to be like a mini-series, tying mm. together a whole lot of loose ends. Oh, okay. So I think that's that's going to be quite interesting. And I also that- read that uh, there's some Latin playboy that's been signed up to star in the next series. How are they going to find more people on the damn island? They just keep on they popping do, up. They do keep popping up. <laughs> Letters to Boxcutters, as I said, can be sent to hooray at boxcutters.net. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the Boxcutters in mind. Boxcutters. Pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table. <laughs> I think there was a bit of uh, a bit of uh, uh, Roman J in there. <laughs> I think there was a little bit of thank thank you to Brian Nankervis who. What an excellent guest he was. Great guest, great guest. Hey, uh, in uh, strangely compelling content apt. or apt 
as it's known. What does apt mean? ABC have finally announced a screening date for Extras. It will go to air Wednesday. The first episode goes to air Wednesday, August 16th. Oh, so that's that's quite soon. That's quite soon. I'm not sure if the second series has gone to air. I'm pretty sure it would have gone to air by now in the UK. So I'm wondering if they're going to run first and second back to back. I doubt it. You doubt it. I really, I doubt it. Uh, mm. ABC don't really haven't done that in the past. Uh, they did with The Office. Did they? They showed West all Wing. of it in. See, I didn't know that with with The Office because I watched the first series on DVD because it was available on DVD before they even started airing it. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, because they took forever to show The Office. Uh, yeah, no, they showed The Office all 12 episodes straight, eventually. Right. Mm. right. So, uh, strange yet compelling. <laughs> Anybody else have some strangely... I know you do, Brad. I do. Uh, we, we're talking about uh, Channel 9's rip-off of Hot Dogs show, uh, bumping out David Letterman's late show. It's not completely disappeared. Uh, we still have Dave on... Thursday and Friday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Saturdays, I believe. But Saturdays, Letterman was always at four o'clock in the morning. Saturday, well, this is the thing. Thursdays, it's after two footy shows. Right. Which mm-hmm. run long anyway. So one thirty, maybe 2 o'clock. And Fridays, it's after two footy games. And Saturdays, it's after Quizmania. <laughs> oh, so like at 3 o'clock? Yep. Oh, that's freaking insane. Um, but uh, if you really want to see all of Dave, you can move out of the metropolitan area because Wynn are showing it nightly. Oh, oh really? Mm. So you get a better deal if you're in Wynn. Yes. Mm. In in this one instance. <laughs> well, that's... I, I can't say anything for, for winning or losing out on the news yeah. presentation kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I'm, maybe it's worth doing it. Maybe it's worth leaving... Your city, if you live in a city, leaving your city at about 10 o'clock at night, driving out <laughs> to the country, watching... To a friend's place has got a TV. Yeah, watching the first half of Letterman, which we've discussed before is the best part <laughs> of Letterman, and then driving back home in time yeah. for work the next morning. Yeah, sounds good. That's a, that's a great way to live your life. Yeah. Thanks, Channel 9. Unfortunately, I, I, was, I was kind of looking at the daily uh, TV guides over the last couple of days, um, and I noticed that Quizmania wasn't there, and, and for a brief <laughs> second, <laughs> you know, on hope against hope, I thought that it had been axed. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> not. I also thought uh, maybe the same thing had happened with Honey, We're Killing the Kids. Oh. But that was just a, another intruder, big no, addiction, yes, whatever. Yes, but one of, those other, one of those other diet fad shows has been axed. One of the Channel 9 ones, Turn Back the Clock or... Oh, really? Which was the Saturday night one? one uh, Saturday, Saturday night? 30? Sunday night? Maybe. Is that the, is that the music going that's, already? That's I can hear music. in the background. I've uh, got so much more apps. Really? I do. Uh, just quickly, a weather update from uh, Channel 9 uh, for all the, the fellow weather enthusiasts out there. Uh, woo, I know there's a lot of them because of all the emails we got last time. I mentioned a weather change. Channel 9 are actually doing now, uh, they're doing an average for the day. You don't just have the high and the low of the day. You have what it is, what it averages throughout the day. What, like averages between dawn and dusk? Or? I think so. Yeah. Well, that this is, is fantastic. That is the most useless piece of weather no, information. No, no, no. This it's is very important. Like, completely pointless. Just say, just say it gets up to 20. 
but then a cool change comes in. So you've been outside and it doesn't feel like 20. You get home, you watch the weather. You say, oh, well, it got up to 20. It didn't feel like 20. The average lets you know that it was so a lot it's cooler. Not even, it's not even for the forecast. <laughs> no, 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 it's not for the and forecast. And when are they going to start doing, it's 20, but it feels like 18? That, that, that's the thing that they were doing on ABC a while yeah, ago. They- the feels like temperature and, and start giving us. I a, think this is start much, giving us the wind chill numbers. This is much better than the feels like temperature. I think this is great. What else? Uh, what else have you got in apt? Uh, JTV starts this week tomorrow night, probably after everybody's Friday, that's Friday yeah, night at eleven fifteen. Some uh, very interesting stuff on there. Uh, they including footage of Sandra Kanak, the Australian Democrats MP, when she went to Winter Enchanted Rave Melbourne, in Adelaide oh, right. last week. So that'll be interesting. To Melbourne see. Sports Depot uh, went out of business because they got uh, caught with too many of those Kanak stuffed dolls over the Commonwealth Games. <laughs> No, oh, that's, that's that's correct. That's correct, isn't or, it? Or the correct the correct way to say that is correct. <laughs> and also next Tuesday, uh, ABC is screening the first of uh, the first Tuesday book club. Yes, which should be an interesting with, show uh, with box cutter Marie Hardy. Yeah, as as one of the panelists. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we'll try to get her on and talk about that. Is that also with? Um, uh, can't think of her name. Married to Andrew Denton. Yes, Deborah Byrne. No? No, not Deborah. Uh, no. Uh, Deborah Hutton? No, someone else going. Jennifer Byrne. <laughs> Jennifer Byrne. Ah, right. Yes. yes I was going to go she's, there. She's hosting it. She's hosting it. Deborah Byrne isn't making an appearance, I don't mm. think. They're going to be doing two books a month, and uh, uh, they announced a month ago which books they were going to start with. They're and doing it, American Psycho. Yes. and uh, every, be interesting. Every uh, episode, they'll tell you the books for the next month. Yeah, it's called uh, First Tuesday Book Club, but I'm not sure what night it's on. Right. Or or when in the month it appears. No. No. Did I say Absolute Powers moving nights? Possibly. Maybe. It's, I've been enjoying that. Um, I, I couldn't get into it. Stephen Fry. Ah, oh, okay. A, in a spin okay. doctor yeah, agency. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's on, it was, possibly was, on was. after Spicks and Specs. Yep, in that Wednesday little slot. So when's it moving to? I think I I think I might have had Tuesday night. Is, that, is Extras taking over that spot? I don't know. Mm. That would be good. That would be mm. good. And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 45. Do you reckon it was five times as, as good as episode nine? <laughs> no, probably not. No, <laughs> probably not. I want to certainly, say, certainly three or four times. <laughs> I want to say thanks very much to our guest, Mr. Brian Nankervis. Great what, to see him there what on the phone. Just, it's, it's only when you start listing his resume do you realise how much of Australian TV we owe to that man. Uh, yeah, that's probably a bit excessive, but what are you going to do? I mean, thanks. Sure, whatever. <laughs> thanks also to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast. You can check them out on the net at rrr.org.au or if you're in Melbourne or the area, 102.7 on the FM dial. Of course, you can check us out at boxcutters.net. Check out our pictures. Check out the video podcast. News updates during the week. Yeah, you, you've got to be on the website. You can't just you can't just be part of the family and not look at the website. And and also, you know, I often have a, a strangely unjustified rant ah. up, up, on the, up on the site. No, it's, no, no. Your your rants your rants are always very Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> it's Peppy. <laughs> what does apt stand for? <laughs> that is Box Cutters episode 45. My name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, 
Let's be careful out there. The Hidden Track. This is Marie Cardi, and you are listening to that fluffy white cloud of goodness, Box Cutters. <laughs> Stick it in the fire and eat it. Things you may have missed because you turned off the podcast too early. <laughs> <laughs> what have we got this week? Uh, Thief, I'm talking about, which is oh. a show that aired on uh, the... Uh, Showtime? On Showtime in, in the US. US. And Home to Huff, Weeds, uh, Thief. Uh, Dead Like Me. Dead Like Me. Uh, which was an excellent series. And this is just a, a six-parter mm-hmm. that may or may not continue in, in future years. Stars Andre Brower, who people might remember mm. from The Terrible Gideon's Crossing. Homicide the Life excellent on the Streets. Homicide Life on the Streets. Ah, okay. Yep. And, uh, and a, a, bunch of, a bunch of other people who... Uh, Really, I've never seen before, but they were all quite excellent. Most importantly, one of the actors' names is Yancey. <laughs> First name or surname? First name. <laughs> Yancey, of course, is Fry's brother's name Fry's in, brother. in, uh, in, in Futurama. And soon to be Fry's brother name in real life. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare call your other son Nancy. <laughs> Deirdre's just started listening to the podcast too, so I'm going to be in trouble now. <laughs> uh, so Thief is uh, about Andre Brower. He is a uh, a man who makes his Oh, living. sorry. It also has Maybe from uh, Arrested Development. As a no. studio exec? No. Not Maybe. No, sorry, bland not maybe. Anne. It has bland Anne. Sorry, not maybe. Yes, it, it has, has. It has Anne. Her. <laughs> yes, it, it has bland Anne in. Was in that a, the Christian in, girlfriend of George Michael? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Andre Andre Brower <laughs> is uh, is this man? He's he lives in New Orleans. He is a thief for a living. He has a very tight group of people he thieves with, mm-hmm. and uh, and the series starts out. They're they're pulling a job. Uh, and uh, they've gone to San Francisco to pull this job, and they have very strict rules, not in your own backyard, and you don't break this rule, and you don't break that rule, and they've always been uh, very good with it. But uh, obviously, it wouldn't be a TV show if something didn't go wrong. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's married to a, a woman who has a daughter with disciplinary problems, and she is played by Bland Ann. She's mm-hmm. out of control? Uh, a little bit, a little bit out of control. She's a little bit boring. 
Yeah. Now I'm thinking of Anne again. Well, see, this is the thing. Yeah. I was I was watching this show and I went, I know that girl from somewhere, but yeah. where do I know her from? I, uh, no, maybe I just, I mean, she just looks like someone I know. And, yeah. uh, and then I stopped noticing her and then, but, and then it was, I realized it was Blanda, which was hilarious. And then you went, huh? <laughs> uh, it's a it is it's a really good show. It's a it's just a tight six, mm-hmm. and uh, and one story goes all the way through. Uh, what's her name from Terminator is also in it. Uh, Linda Linda Hamilton Hamilton oh, is yeah. uh, yep. is in thief for for a little bit. She must be about fifty by now, doesn't she? Yeah, probably. There was an Oprah special on her during the week about how she's suffering some sort of mental illness and uh, and hallucinations. Really? No, she thinks it's hallucinations, but she really was married to that guy who made the Titanic. Right. <laughs> I was thinking, I, I just picture in a mental institution, just, no, they're coming, you're all dead, <laughs> you don't understand. Uh, all I can say about Thief is, if you get a chance to, to check it out, do, it's, uh, it, it's actually really good storytelling. Uh, mm-hmm. not, nowhere near as good as other shows that we've talked about on box cutters, like uh, The Shield, for instance, mm-hmm. but... It's it's quite compelling as far as a, an ongoing story goes. See, I, I watched the first two of these. I think you gave me five of the six. And I watched the first two, and I really enjoyed the first one. And then by the end of the second one, I kind of... Yeah, it does that. And then wasn't it... wasn't really... I hadn't been it, bothered to watch the other three and then or it, ask you for the sixth. And then it gets better. Radio. Or either that, or you just go, well, it's only six episodes. I may as well watch the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, that, that show is What called- happens in the end? Uh, they all uh, live happily ever after. Oh, fantastic. Uh, interestingly, too, Andre, uh, Andre Brower nominated for a Emmy. For, uh, for his role in Thief. For his role in Thief. Excellent. Uh, in, you know, I think it counted as a miniseries or a... Yeah, he's, uh, he's, always, he's always been a good actor, so it's, it's good to see him getting his props. Hmm. And Excellent. that's uh, things you may have missed because you turned off the podcast too early. <laughs> 